Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. I'm feeling kind of weird today, so look out. But, 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 you know, the supernatural will come off smooth, you know? <laughs> Sorry, Rhonda. Did you get over that? <laughs> you know, it, it'll come off smooth, and it'll, it'll be cool. I, I, I love Dana's testimony. You guys probably know this, some of you might, but, but Dana was, you know, working, you know, in her college years. She worked in Door County during the summer, and she worked in this, in this fancy dress store where she would help, you know, people, ladies come in and pick out wardrobes and things. It was, you know, it's a fancy dress store when they make Stonecroft brownies every day to serve to their guests. You know, it's kind of like la-di-da or something, you know. And, and, and uh, this lady came in, Dana, you know, she was, she was running from, I don't know if you were running from God, but you weren't serving God. And, and, uh, and this lady came in to get clothes, to buy clothes. How spiritual is that, ladies, men? Um, <laughs> I have my ways when the ladies go buy clothes. I, I, I go in the Apple store or I go see a movie <laughs> when they shop. <laughs> but that's me. But this lady goes in to buy clothes, and Dana helps her. And when Dana, Dana's helping this lady... The lady, just in conversation, totally, and this is the way I'll phrase it, read her mail. Said things to her only God knew. So much so that, that the lady left the store and Dana sat there going, what? what? And the lady came back in. Tell me if I'm missing anything. But the lady came back in and came up to Dana after leaving the store, came back. I'm sure that was a prompting in, its, in itself. It says that Dana... In case you're wondering, I'm a born-again Christian. And the things I said to you were prompted by the Holy Ghost. And she leaves. Dana goes in the back room and cries and sits there. And all she can say is, God's real. God's real. God's real. Tell you what, we need some encounters like that. That's cool. You know? How many can believe God for that? God could use you like that. And he should use you like that. Hallelujah. Should be just everyday stuff for a Christian. Uh, this isn't the message, but who cares? Anyway, we, we'll probably we'll probably get to the message, but we may deviate a few different times during the course of this morning. But that's all right. I like the rabbit trails. I like the deviations as long as we're following God. How you know we stand up? You know, most times, most times when I preach, I have us do this. You know, tell you what, this word will set you free. Now, you know what? Everything I say won't set you free. But when I give you the truth, it'll set you free. I do my best to give you the truth. But I tell you, can I give you another secret, though? I count on you guys to go back to your Bibles and check up on what I say. Because I could miss it. And I have missed it. I certainly don't try to. This is really encouraging, I know. <laughs> but, but Paul commended the Bereans. I think it's Acts 16. I could be wrong on that, too. You better check up on me. But he said, you know, they, they went back, and they, they, they grabbed their Bibles, and they checked out to see if the things that he said were so. You know, that's where you really get the, the meat, is when you hear what's being said, 
and you don't go, wow, that was a great sermon. Woohoo! we ran around the church, we did this, and ah. Now go back and say, wow, what are you saying to me, God? You know, take the things that are said and get your own Bibles. I'll tell you, get a Bible. You can mark up, you know. You can mark up. You know, if you can't mark up your Bible, well, put it on the nightstand, and that's cool, but then go buy another one that you can mark up. Do you know that even in my phone Bible, I can mark it up? <laughs> There's highlighters in there. I mean, it's so cool nowadays. You know, that's always been one of my big thrills is getting a new Bible because it's a fresh one to mark up. I've got places when I've gotten new Bibles, it's the first place I go. So I can just go, shh, shh, shh. And my thought is, if anybody ever finds this Bible 100 years from now, if Jesus tarries, you know, they'll go, wow. Did you see what that guy underlined? Man, is that cool? <laughs> Sorry. That's how I think. <laughs> anyway, where were we, Dana? Huh? All right. Well, we've been doing this series. Man, how many like last week? Was that fun or what? We'll have her back again. Cynthia Pfeffer was with us, and seems incredible. That was only last week. But uh, um, she was a sweetheart and, and used by God mightily, mightily. Walks in a strong anointing. I... Uh, all week, I've been hearing great things that God did. Great things that God did, even in kids. Hallelujah. You should tell that testimony. How did, can I try it and see it? Tell me if you yell, throw something at me if I miss it. You know, these guys, they, 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 they have foster care. They, they take in kids, and these guys are anointed with kids. I always see them with kids. I think, man, those kids are blessed to be in the Huff home. And, and they had this little girl with last week who's three years old, had never walked. Am I right? She could. She could, could with help. Okay, she could walk, but with help. But after church Sunday morning, there was just the charged atmosphere of the Holy Ghost. How many know that? How many remember that? This little girl's running around. Just running around. I mean, I saw her running, and I thought, oh, cool, you know, she's running around. But I didn't know the story until later. They said... She's never done that before. Not like that. And, and they took her home. And, and the, the, was it the, the foster mom was like, wow, she's, she's never done this. She's running around. She noticed there's a difference. Tell you what, cool, God's moving. God's moving. He'll hit the young ones and the old ones, in between ones, every one. You know, he loves every person. Every person these times. These are good days. These are good days. You are good people. You know that? What God has brought together here is really cool. Really cool. What a great bunch. All right, we got to preach. We got to do the sermon. Come on. Come on, guys. We've got to go here. <laughs> 1 John 5.4. We'll start here again as a launching pad. This is a great verse. I love this verse. Do you guys love this verse? This is amazing. You know, if you were like in a country that didn't allow Bibles or internet or whatever, you had this one verse, your life could be transformed. You know? You know, and I mean that, I mean people, remember Helen who was here last summer? Remember Helen and, and, and what's that? She's from Estonia. She's from Estonia. You know, and we knew Helen, I don't know, 12 years ago or something, 13 years ago. She lived with us one summer for a couple months. And um, Helen actually lived in a country where they did not allow Bibles at one time. 
And uh, she's, she's, she actually got born again. You know how she got born again? I probably told this, but anyway, I'll tell it again. I like these stories. She got born again translating a book into their language. It was a Kenneth Hagin book. I believe it was The New Birth. And she's writing a thing as a teenager. And she, she just is like, wow, this is the truth. And she got born again. And that's how they would do it in her church. They'd get a book, you know. They were, they, at that time, they were getting all these Kenneth Hagin books. And I remember her telling me she had In Him. You know that little book, In Him? We usually give it to every... If you visited this church, you've probably got that book because we usually give it to everybody. It's the little blue book that says In Him. Uh, Helen, actually, in their church, they had that book, so they would, they would copy it word for word and pass it around to people. Isn't that wild? By hand. They say, wow, we got a good book. I mean, here we are. We've got a b- good book. you got a cell phone. You can just bump the other one, and they got the book or whatever or something, you know. But they'd say... Got a good book. Want to copy it? Yeah. Just write page after page. Well, if you were like in a country like that and you just had this one verse, I'd say there's enough power in this verse, man, to just set you on fire. You know, turn your world right side up. It says this, that whatsoever is born of God. Say, that's talking about me. It's talking about me. I'm one of them whatsoevers. I'm born of God. So what's it say about you and I? It says that we overcome the world. Wow. Can that be so? Yeah, that can be so. That's the truth. That'll, that's a truth that'll set you free. That, that, that's a truth that'll, that'll work any place in this earth. That's a truth that, you know, team, you, you know, we got a team going to Haiti. Ten people going to Haiti. Tell you what, we're a bunch of world overcomers. This stuff will preach in Haiti. This stuff will preach in Estonia. This stuff will preach anywhere. Botswana. I always remember they made that movie where a Coke bottle fell out of the sky. It was in Botswana. Anyway, this stuff will preach there. It'll work there. It says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You've got world overcoming stuff on the inside of you. It says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Uh, why'd you have to add that part? So you know what? To walk in this, you've got to use your faith. You and I, you and I, and me too, me too, we've got to use our faith. We've got to walk in faith. You know, I don't know why my head sometimes gives me fits about walking in faith. My heart doesn't give me fits about it. In fact, my heart rejoices and says, yeah, yeah, faith, faith, ooh, yeah. My head will go, oh, oh, oh. You know what? That'll tell you something. If you're going to have victory, if you're going to be a world overcomer, you can't live out of here. You've got to live out of here. In fact, the real truth of it is, is you got to get so much overflowing in here that it affects up here. I know this doesn't go over big on the CD. You probably can't see what I'm telling you. But, but <laughs> you, all you out there in radio land, anyway, <laughs> what I'm telling you is this. you got to get your heart full of the Word. you got to get your heart overflowing with, with this God stuff, this faith stuff, this overcoming, world-changing stuff, so that it even affects your head. It even affects the way you think. Too many times people think the way this stuff is out here. The world is. The world makes them think a certain way. we got to be people who think according to what's in here. Yes. That's true victory, I'll tell you what. So, you know, we've talked about a bunch of things, and who knows, if you're keeping track, sometime tell me what number we're on. 
But, but you know, we've talked about staying in the joy realm, you know, and that's kind of a cool thing. It's a good gauge of victory. And we've talked about asking for wisdom. We've talked about keeping our heads screwed on straight, being single-minded on the Word of God. We've talked about persevering. And one thing I said about persevering is you got to make your tongue persevere. you got to make your tongue speak the truth no matter what's going on around you, what kind of things are happening, what kind of pressures you're under. I read a Facebook thing this morning. Someone says, you know, you know, the world, you know, or who knows if I can quote it. It was really a Bob Harrison quote. Uh, he said, you know, you never know what's in people. They're like tea bags. You don't know what's really in them until they get in hot water. Then everything comes out. Well, you got to be someone who has enough in you that's of God that when the hot water of life comes on you and you're sitting in the cup, you know, what do they call that? Stiping or Steeping. steeping. Thank you. Like I said, check me out. <laughs> when you're steeping, yes. I tell you what, what's going to come out of your mouth is going to be the sweet noise. It's going to be the sweet whistle of the Holy Ghost, okay? Whistle of God's Word. Talked about not blaming God. You ever go through tough times and you just, man, sheesh, you want to kick a can or something? Well, don't go kicking God. Don't go blaming Him. He's not the source of the problems. I'm telling you what, that's a, that's a lie of the devil. That's a lie of the devil, and it's designed to keep you in frustration. It's designed to keep you in bondage. Because the devil knows if you ever figure things out in life and figure that God's on your side, there'll be no stopping you. You'll be a dynamo. We've got to keep our flesh under. We talked about that one time, too. You know, we, we, you, know you can't just go around letting your flesh have a field day in life and think you're going to have victory. Goodness. Hallelujah. And so today... Well, today, we're going to talk about receiving the word. James 1. Let's look at that. James 1, verse 18. 118. James, again, pastor. Pastor James. You know, he was an influential pastor in his day. And I love his book because he's, he's speaking how I think. Or I try, I'm endeavoring to think. You know, he's, he's, he's given us practical information that'll help us in life. Practical, I, I, that's, I find that out about myself. That's where I'm at. I'm all about what can help me in life. What can cause me to rise up? You know, in a dark world, how can I be a light? Well, that's what James was all about. And I tell you, it was a dark world in this day. He was living in a day when, I'm telling you, they were feeding people to lions, Christians to lions. He was living in the day, you know, when they'd stone you for being a Christian. You know? Tell you what, he had, they had real problems in that day. Well, you know what? The devil's the devil any day, and he, he causes real problems in people's lives. You might not have been threatened with a lion, but you might have been threatened with some other kind of pressure. And you know what? Pressure's real. You know, whenever you're in the middle of it, you know, when you're in the outside looking in, sometimes you think, well, come on, man, buck up, you know? Be a trooper. Be a soldier, you know? But uh, when you're in the middle of it, it's hard to do that sometimes. James is talking to people like you and me. He's saying, hey, guys, we got some things here that can help you. Hey, guys, I realize there's a battle out there. I realize it isn't always easy living in the victory stuff. But he says, I'm telling you some things that can help you to rise up, that can help you to overcome. And so here in James uh, chapter 1, I say verse 18, it says, Of his own will he begat us with the, the, truth, the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creature. Tell you what, the truth is, is what we're born of. 
Tell you what, God's desiring that we be people that walk in the truth. You know, I like what, what Brother Keith Moore said one time. I hear people say things, I think, yeah, I like that. I, I, I jotted down on my phone or whatever. He said, uh, he said, I can't make anybody free. I can't make anybody free as a minister, as a pastor. I can't make anybody free. But I can tell people the truth, and the truth will make you free. You know, and James said this. He said, he said of his own will begat he us with the truth. With the truth. We've been born out of the truth. That's the kind of creatures we are. <laughs> creatures of truth. It says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man... Be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. I tell you, never were words so important as when you're going through a trial. We need to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. If you're going through a trial and you're just the opposite of that, you're, you're slow to hear and you're quick to speak, chances are you're going to be te- talking, speaking the wrong kind of stuff. Be slow enough to speak that you hear what God has to say about your situation. Again, easier to preach than it is to live, but I'm telling you, this is stuff that will help you. This is stuff that will put you over. You know, if you want me to just pat you on the back and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, you know, we could do that, but I'm telling you things now that will help you. These things will help you. You know, this is real stuff. He says, be, uh, what do he say again? He says, be swift to hear. Be slow to speak and slow to wrath. You know, keep your, keep your uh, finger off the anger button. <laughs> he goes on, he'll say this. He says, the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. I'll tell you something. It's not wrong to be angry in life. But you've got to be careful who you're angry with. As a Christian, there's times you need to get angry. But get angry at the devil. Get angry at the evil. Don't get angry at your neighbor, you know. I love that video. Where do they get a sin egg? (laughs) It's too much. Hallelujah. Anyway, glory to God. Aren't you glad that God made righteousness available to each and every one of us? Hallelujah. We'll carry righteous eggs. How's that? Here's a bomb in here. It's a righteous egg. You open it up and it says, God loves you. (laughs) Accept what he did for you. Anyway, um, you know, so, so getting mad, you know, you know, people have trouble with anger. And you know what? It won't get you anywhere in life. It won't, it, it won't get you out of the situation that you need to get out of. But you can get mad at the devil. You can get angry at him and the evil and things like that. But don't get mad at people and, and walk around in a bunch of, you know, having a toot. You know what I mean? It hurts you. It hurts you. You know, the thing about that kind of stuff is like this, is when you go around like that, how do you know, Pastor? Well, I've, obviously I've done it, okay? Come on. I'm not an Eagle Scout like everybody else around anyway. But anyway, <laughs> I've done it. And you know, when you're doing it, you think you're hurting the other person. You think your bad attitude's affecting them. But if you could only see, and if I could only see, having a tood hurts me. Having a tood hurts the person that has the tood. Having a tood is like, man, having poison in your system. You know? Don't, don't, go, don't go having those kind of things. Don't allow that kind of stuff to operate in you. You're a champion. You're a world overcomer. 
All right, so be quick to hear, you know, hear the word. You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Um, glory to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut some stuff here and get to what I'm supposed to talk about today. James 1.21, we'll go on there. It says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. I'm reading the King James here. Uh, and receive with, you know, that's like, you know, don't go being a stinker in life. You know, leave, leave off the junk. And, and uh, then it says, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. You know, I, I could read on, and, and I, I've got more printed on my notes here, but I'm going to just stop with that. It says, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Does anybody talk like that? <laughs> Well, you know, it's okay. I, I kind of like it. It's descriptive. You know, it just means like extreme stuff. You know, lay all the junk aside. And it says, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. This stuff has in it the very power to transform your life. Now, when you get born again, you know, like I did back in 1977, I got born again. You know, I had a Brian Rudd crusade, St. Paul, Minnesota. I went forward and accepted Christ in my life and didn't know nothing. Didn't know nothing. You know, some people get born again, and I tell you what, they're going to heaven. They're going to heaven. But they'll walk away from the meeting like I walked away from the meeting that night, and they walk away from it, and they live their lives like they used to live. And here's the, here's the tragedy. They think like they used to think. You know, and James is saying, dudes, wake up here. He says, lay it aside, you know, and, and receive with meekness, meekness. Do we know what that word means, meekness? Meekness doesn't mean like being a wimp. Meekness is not associated with Clark Kent before he goes in the phone booth and becomes Superman. Isn't that what they said? Meek, mild-mannered reporter, turns into a, you know, whatever, has an S on his shirt. But, but you know, that is not meekness here is is it'd probably be a better word if we said it this way receive with a teachable attitude with a teachable attitude you know what if you go around and feel like you know everything in life you'll never learn anything new because you already know it all hmm but if you have a meek attitude in other words a teachable attitude you can learn from anybody. If you're a parent, you could learn from your kids because sometimes kids can say some pretty profound things. Sometimes kids can see reality quicker than adults. Sometimes. Not all times, but sometimes. But the thing is, is being meek and being open. Having an openness. Now, that doesn't mean you go eat garbage or anything like that or just swallow everything you hear. But I'm saying I'm open to the Holy Ghost. I'm open to the Spirit of God to show me things, to teach me things. And it would, be, it, would be, it would not be absurd by any means if every time you got your Bible out and read it, like most of you probably do this like in the mornings, have a little trail you go down, have the attitude to say, you know what, I'm ready to hear some things from you today, God. Show me some things yeah. as I read. That would be a good thing to do, you know? So you know what, I don't know it all yet, Lord. I don't know it all yet, so I'm going to be like James said. I'm going to be meek. I'm going to be teachable and receive this word 
that has the ability, has the power in it to actually save my soul. Now, when he says save our soul there, you know, again, I've just got to say this. He was talking to born-again believers. Go back to verse 2, I believe it is, maybe verse 1. You know, and he addresses who he's talking to here. He's talking to the church. He's talking to people like you and me who are born again already. But he says in this, this verse 21 here, he says this. He says, you got to receive the word because it has the ability to save your soul. Being born again does not mean that your soul has been saved. That could, that could be interpreted wrong, so I need to explain it. You are a spirit being. The real you is a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. How many are aware that you live in a body? Does your body ever talk to you? Mine talks to me, you know? Your body, you know... You know, kick kick a a rock or I, I was out yesterday. I I was just trying to help some of the snow in my yard out, you know, and I was like kicking that big pile, you know, from that last ice storm, and found out it wasn't quite melted. And my toe my toe spoke spoke to me, said, "Hey, what you doing out there?" You know. So I had a body. So you have you are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. When you get born again, your spirit, which is the real you is absolutely 100% changed. It, the Bible says, Paul said it this way, it says, if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. The old things have passed away. All things have become new. But the problem is, is, is just having your spirit saved, or, you know, being born again, having your spirit, you know, and again, let me just say this, you died then, you'd go to heaven. You live, you know, 50 years, you know, and you never saved your soul. You'll still go to heaven when you die. Did you all hear me? You can go to heaven. You might even go quicker, okay? You know, it depends what you want. But, uh, but James is talking to born-again people here, and he says, listen, guys, receive this word because it has in it the ability to save, to transform. Paul said it over in Romans 12, too. He says that, said, be renewed and, and, and have your mind transformed. I'm, I'm totally not quoting it now. Do you know the verse I'm talking about, Romans 12, too? Give me a first word. Nah, it's Ephesians 4.23. There you go. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There you go. Hallelujah. Don't be conformed to this world. I like the Phillips Bible. It says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold, but be transformed from within. Hallelujah. That's what the word does. It transforms you from within. All right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Where were we at? James 1.21. So lay apart all superfluity, all that stuff, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. I'm going to talk about hearing the word. I'm going to talk about getting the word in you for a few minutes that we have left. How many can believe that we'll go where we need to go in the next 15 minutes? Amen? All right. Me too. Proverbs 4.20. He says this. I'm going to give you a couple scriptures. I might go quicker than you can turn to them but probably not quicker than Kyle can put them up there. So Proverbs 4.20, it says this, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart. For what, what is he talking about here? He's talking about his word. He says, My words are life to those that find them, 
and their health to all their, all their flesh. God's Word, you know, and if you look at the footnote of most study Bibles that I've seen, under that word there, it says this, God's Word is a medicine to all your flesh. This Word taken into your heart in sufficient doses will transform your mind and it'll heal your body. But you can't, you can't have it work by saying, hey, dude, I got this new app. I got 11 translations on my Bible, on my phone. Did you, is that cool or what? I got this other one, you know, you know that, that has a total concordance. Total concordance, man. You wouldn't believe it. I can look up any word. Just find the verse like quicker than, almost as quick as Kyle. Can you believe that? I got this new Bible. It has calf skin. Calf skin. You guys want to touch it, man, after the service? Calf skin. Calf skin, man. It is so good. You wouldn't believe it. I got my, my name is, my name is on it. Can you believe that? That'll not transform you. That'll not renew your mind. That'll not heal your body. It's getting what's in here, in here. I'm going to say another thing. It's, it's not getting what's in here, up here. Without getting it in here first. Uh, well, you might have to hang around a while to catch that one. I don't know. But, but anyway... Mark 5, it says this in verse 27. I'm just going to read this again. Um, this is talking about this woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. She'd been to different physicians and spent everything she had. And, and this is the, the kicker. She didn't get any better, but she actually got worse. Now, you know what? These people weren't trying to hurt her. She wasn't going to people that were trying to do her wrong, I'm sure. But frankly, it was just out of control. It was, her life was out of control. Has your life ever been out of control? This woman says this. It says about her. It says when she heard of Jesus. That's a simple thing to say, and there's a whole lot more than that packed in there. It says she heard of Jesus. She came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I can just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And he said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now, I skipped a couple verses in between there, but here's the woman. She heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. She heard people talking about Jesus. She probably didn't have a Bible. She's probably like Helen over in Estonia. You know, they, they didn't have you know, written pages, or at least in her little circle of influence, they didn't have them. But she probably heard things about this guy, Jesus. Things that were life. Things that were were, were like life-transforming, mind-blowing of things that he'd done, the goodness. I'm sure this, she didn't hear about some guy going around making people sick and say, yippee, that's the guy for me. I'll do whatever it takes, man. I'm getting before that guy. She didn't hear that. But she heard there was someone that was going about healing the multitudes. And she, she, she laid it all aside. I tell you what, she worked. She was, it was against the law to be in her condition and be out in public and in a crowd. She worked her way through the crowd. She says, if I could just touch his clothes, I'll be whole. She touched his clothes, you know, and there's a crowd all around Jesus. And Jesus turned around. His disciples said, who touched me? His disciples said, Master, don't you see there's all kinds of people touching you? But you see, there wasn't everybody touching him the way this lady was touching him because she was touching him. She had something she had heard that transformed the way she thought and caused her to act.
and she reached out and got the power she needed. You know what? If your life's in turmoil, a turnaround for you can be just hearing what God has to say about you. Hallelujah. Hearing the word. Hallelujah. I, you know, Cynthia was here last week, and she kept talking about droning. Anybody remember that? <laughs> droning? I thought, what is she? So anyway, I asked her about that. How many want to know what she, what she, she got it from uh, the Spirit Life Study Bible, which is a really good study Bible. I have one. And there's this little thing called word wealth. You know about that, Harold, don't you? Word wealth. And uh, she, she, you look up like any of the meditation scriptures in the Old Testament, like Joshua 1.8, or Psalm 1, where it talks about, you know, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. Your leaf will not wither, and, you know, whatever you do will prosper. When you meditate... So if you look up this word meditate, and there's this little footnote, it says word wealth. And it's tremendous. If you have a study Bible like this, it's, there's great things in it. You know, it's like a dake or something. But it says this, the word meditate is this word haga. I could be mispronouncing that, but that's how it looks to me, haga. Here's what it means. So we're talking about the word. We're talking about getting the word in our heart. We're talking about just not having a, a supply of the word up here in our head between our ears, Yes, I just ask me things. I know about the kings of Israel. I know about, you know, every book in the Bible. I can say it, I can sing a song and, and quote them from Genesis to Revelation and include the maps. No, we're not talking about that kind of thing, okay? We're talking about having something that's life that'll change your head, change your soul, renew, save. James said, save your soul. Paul said, renew your, your soul. We're talking about something that has power to heal your body, and we're talking about having it in your heart. How's it happen? Well, a couple places it talks about it, but this word here means to reflect, to moan, to mutter, to ponder, to make quiet sounds such as sighing. I like this. To meditate or contemplate something as one repeats the words. You ever done that? It's called talking to yourself. Do you ever worry about something? Have you ever been late to go for an appointment and you're dependent on somebody to pick you up to get you there? Have you ever been in that situation? And, you know, you're sitting at home being cool. You're all ready. You got your, your, your clothes on that you need to have on. And, and you're looking out the big window in your house. And you're looking at your clock. And you realize that in order to get to this place, you got to leave right now. And then all of a sudden you realize you got to leave two minutes ago. And the person that's getting you there hasn't come yet. So what do you do? Well, believe it or not, what I would do is I'd walk back and forth. <laughs> and as the time wore on, and I'm looking at that clock, and I'm looking, you know, out the window, and I don't see anybody coming yet, and nobody's called me to say they weren't coming, I'd start talking to myself. And it may not be pretty. I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe I'm going to be late for the movie and I won't hear the lion roar or whatever it would be. But, but, but you know, that's what he says here. He says uh, you, you, to meditate, to contemplate something as one repeats the words. Haga, this word in the Hebrew, they translated meditate, represents something quite unlike the English word meditation, which is simply a mental exercise. In Hebrew thought, it's to repeat them in a soft, here we go, droning sound. <laughs> while utterly abandoning outside distractions. From this tradition comes a specialized Jewish prayer called davening, 
That is reciting texts, praying intense prayers, or getting lost in communion with God while bowing or rocking back and forth. I could do that one too. Rock back. I, I dig rocking chairs, you know, and I dig like reading the Bible and sitting in a rocking chair and talking to God. This is something far more powerful than even memorizing. I'll tell you what, if you meditate in something long enough, it'll become a part of you. It'll be like we talked about when the hot water of life comes your way, what's going to come out of you is going to be the goodness of God. What's going to come out of you is going to be the power of God's word. No matter how hard you get squeezed, what's in you is going to be sweet. It's going to come out. Well, like one guy said this, and I can't help quoting him. You know, you've got, you and I, we've got to be so full of the word of God that when the devil comes around, you burp in his face. Okay? I couldn't look at Dana when I said that. But uh, did I read everything here? Uh, yeah, evidently this dynamic form of meditation prayer goes back to David's time. That's what the Word Wealth Bible says about meditation. Hallelujah. So we need to get the Word in us. This is what James said. He says, man, take a big dose of God's Word. Get it in you to such a measure, you know. And how does this practically work out? You know what I tell people? Get yourself a couple scriptures that you can, you can walk through your day with. You know, every day, this would be just a practice. When you get up, don't make it your goal to read 10 chapters right away. You know, if, if you, you know, I've done that, and that's cool. That's cool. But I'm going to tell you something simpler. Just get up in the morning and find a couple scriptures. Maybe write them down. Maybe, you know, put them on whatever device you have. But, but, but what you want to do is go through your day and let those things be your meditation. Just talk to God about those, whatever the verse is. Talk to him about it. You know, you know, one of my favorites is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You might have that one. And, and just say, man, I'm a new creature. I, I'm, in you. I'm in Christ. I'm in you. Man, I'm there. I'm living in you, Lord. You've made me new. I'm born again. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. The old stuff's passed away. Tell you what, the devil doesn't have a hold on me. You know, you start thinking of things. Just say them. I'm going to tell you something. I'll, don't, don't miss this part. Meditation, I don't know if you caught this, but when, you, when they're talking about it, meditation always involves you putting the word in your mouth. Okay? For it to really be effective, you saying that I can't read the word silently? Sure, you can do that. Okay? I'm not against you doing that, but I'm going to tell you this. It'll just amp things up for you. It'll help you tremendously, you know. Just, just start speaking it out loud. And then speak about what the Word says about you. Personalize it. Put yourself there, you know. And, and, and let God speak to you about whatever it is the verse is that you're, you're, you're meditating on. What am I telling you? I'm telling you that'll transform you. Jeremiah, I love that verse in Jeremiah 15, 16. He says, I found your Word, O Lord, and I did Eat it. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. You see, the word isn't stuffy. The word is not religious. The word is life. And when you get it in you, it'll bring joy to you. 
When you get it in you, it'll bring victory to you. When you get it in you, it'll show you the way out of the things that you're in. I can't give you always a plan of how you're going to get out of where you're at right now. But I'm telling you what, you get the word in you, things that I don't, it's amazing how it happens. But God will just show you things. And it probably won't be the way you thought it was. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.